welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. Today, I am your host, Ian, the ghost of Mars, the ghost of Ian, the ghost of the world. With me, joining me, to my virtual left, we have Brendan Jesus, Mr. Fantastic, back from defending us from Dr. Doom. How's it going, Brendan? I am swell. Thank you very much. Um, not hungover, so that's a plus. And I'm not drunk, so that's another plus. I uh, I got my new flavor of Liquid Death. I think it just recently released. It's called Rest in Peach. It is an iced tea agave uh, drink, and it has vitamins in it. I like the the can. Yes, and uh, the the artwork on the the back of it, it's like the the entire box is red, and then the back of it is like this black void with like eyes in the middle of it. It's really cool. Sounds like my ex wife. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> and that other voice joining us to my virtual right is the man, the myth, the legend, the number thirteen doctor, Kyle, with a K. the number thirteen. Is that correct? Has there been a 13th no, you, you would say the 13th yeah. doctor. Yeah, oh. the, there has been. Um, oh. Where does the... You're the next one, then. The 14th? I'll take it. I think they're on to... Uh, I think 15 is the new guy coming in. Well, Kyle's the 16th guy. So, okay. Catorce, the Hispanic community would call it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Brennan. <laughs> Brennan. Um, question, where does that rank among your other liquid death drinks? Uh, I have not tried it yet. I'm still finishing my coffee. And then when I finish Ooh. my coffee, I'm going to dive, dive so on in. What you're telling me is you came unprepared. Gotcha. I, see, I was thinking when it gets time for me to have the drink, we can, uh, s- since anyone, uh, if you're in our Discord, you would know that we have uh, the Slaughtered Lamb, which mm. is where we uh, talk about and rate different beverages that we consume could be alcoholic mm. could be non-alcoholic so i was thinking i do a live slaughtered lamb review uh on air you got to be careful with the slaughtered lamb though because ian constantly <laughs> changes the rating system it'll go from <laughs> zero to 20 zero to 10 zero to 500 zero to 40 i never know like what drink is gonna get what next you know what i mean so he's keeping everybody on their toes over there in the slaughtered lamb go check out our discord you know the <laughs> link to join is in the twitter bio you know i haven't perfected the rating system yet and i Clearly. really don't know where i want to go with that because mm-hmm. the i went it was a ranking of like out of 30 and the bottle and the cap were out of 10, mm-hmm. but the drink was also out of 10. Like the taste was also out of 10. So I had to change that up. Like how was the taste going to be one third of the, of the actual rating, right? I couldn't do that. Especially with the last drink I had, I had to mix it up. Cause that was a tasty, it was a tasty little beverage, um, from Germany. Um, the- I think we should just nip this in the bud right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, how are we going to do this? I think that the taste of the drink obviously has to be half has half. to be at least 50%, right? Yeah. I, mean, I would say that- 75%. Mm. I say, although, okay. you know what? No, Marketing no, 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 no. is a big part of huge food, huge part of drinks. The- there are many times I'd bought like a random six pack of IPAs or something because based of- on the, the yeah. art yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. i i i walk that back maybe 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 drink is 60 percent. here's what i'm thinking okay. i'm just gonna spitball it in here right spit mm-hmm. it i'm thinking that the taste is actually 70 percent okay the okay. casing advertising look of the can or whatever is 20 no no 25 and the cap is five okay I mean, the cap there, is nothing at the end of the day. Am I right? You're but ch- there's some cool caps out like, there. And I like, collect uh, them. So, uh, I have a like, buckets filled with, with uh, beer caps. Okay, so then, sorry, go ahead, Brennan. No, I just have to, super quick, uh, Ian, I don't know if you ever ever tried Lion's Head. It's a, a Pittsburgh beer um, out here for the Steelers. Um, <laughs> and under the cap of every <laughs> Lion's Head beer is a little uh, puzzle type oh, thing. It's like puzzle piece. No, no, like there's oh. like an image. Oh. etched in uh and sometimes from what i remember there's either like a very like uh you, you just got to check it out lion's head next time okay, you're well, in the uh 
well, how cool would it have been if it was a puzzle piece? You collect the beer bottles, oh, you collect the bottle caps, puzzle. you put them all together. I'm going to walk back what I said about my percentages. Okay. So I think that we should shed light to the importance of the cap, right? Like, yeah. I, I didn't think the cap was that important about 20 seconds ago. But now, <laughs> with Ian's argument, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to be a podcast that sh- sheds light on the cap. Hashtag shed light on the cap. Hashtag so, no cap. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, so it's going to be 70% taste, 20% yeah. bottle or can, and then 10% cap. Yeah. I think that's the way, the way to go. Yeah. My dad was a cap collector. He passed it on to me. I have some vintage caps somewhere in my house. Shout out to Father's Day, by the way. You know? Yeah. Hey, Father's Day. Father's Day. This won't be airing on Father's Day, but um, you know what? We are recording. It's Father's Day in another Father's country. Day. If you guys have uh, deadbeat fathers out there, piece of shit fathers out Shout there, out Michael. you know what? It's not their day. You know what? It's not their day. But guess what? If you're a father, it's your day. And if, if you're a father of, uh, I don't know, a, a turtle? <clears throat> and, uh, and, and you know what? A dog? I'll or also a baby, say, even a human. You know? <laughs> I'll also day. say, if you're a single mother, you can also celebrate today. No, you can't. That's, I'm taking that know, away from you. You get your mother's, mother's day. day. You that get your mother's day. day. But right. single fathers Today's can also celebrate on Mother's Day. No, you gotta be dead. Today's Father's Day. It's Father's Day. Are you jerking off? Maybe. <laughs> like, you, like you were jerking it there. Well, this so anyways, has already gone off the rails. <laughs> Let's do a quick round of Rex before we get into the film that we're covering today. Um, I'm going to go with Brendan first. Brendan Jesus. I watched Andre. I keep saying trying to. I keep saying Tchaikovsky. Tarkovsky's uh, Stalker. Escape from uh, Tarkovsky. <laughs> um, I didn't watch it because I wanted to, but I am glad that I watched it. Uh, I gave it a five into heart because it's an absolutely incredible film. It is very, I wanted this. I want to say that it's pretentious, but I truly do not feel that it is Ooh. one bit pretentious. I, I see how it can seem like that. Um, I had ideas of what I thought the film was before going into it, just from hearing tons of different people talk about it. And I was so genuinely surprised that it wasn't what I thought it was. I thought it was a silent film or or not, not a silent film, just that they didn't speak throughout it. Uh, so like, there's so many like great quotes in there, but the, the heavy hitter for that is the sound design. Um, it is, I would say hands down the greatest Foley work on a film that I think I've ever heard. And I know I said I would never watch it again. And I think that's wrong. I think I'm going to buy the criterion of this and I'm going to watch it many, many, many more times because I have not been able to get it out of my head since I watched it. What is this movie? Like, why Stalker. is it so important? No, uh, I know. I know the, <laughs> the name. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a very poetic, very art house film. Uh, so, uh, quick, quick, uh, I guess intro, um, there's, uh, this un, unspecified land, which it, it's Russia, obviously. Um, there's something that appears one day called the zone. And so everyone is shuttled out of the zone and they all live on the, on like the outskirts of it. And uh, the town that they live in, it's this like sepia color, almost like how at the beginning of Wizard of Oz, it's black and white or Mm -hmm. or it's I think it's sepia maybe. And then it goes into color. This film does the same exact thing when they're outside of the zone. It's that orangish hue. Then when they're inside, it's just like beautiful nature, full color. Uh, So a man called the stalker uh, gets paid to take people into the zone to a, a place called the room, which is where your your deepest desires, you can basically wish for them and they'll come true. So he takes a chemist and a writer, uh, a professor and a writer into the zone because the writer uh, has run out of ideas. So he wants to go to the zone to basically get new inspiration. That and the chemist, really cool. Yeah, and the chemist wants to disprove the, the zone. 
Um, so it's just an absolutely brilliant film. And I hate how much I liked it. I was really hoping why, I wouldn't though? like it. Why do you hate how much you like it? Why is it like, why do you guys want to hate this movie so much if it's that good? Like, I don't understand the mentality like behind this whole thing. Well, so like, I, I thought it was going to, it's a very, I, I hate to say sophisticated film. I was expecting it to be super pretentious, super preachy, super um, overrated, kind of. in one of those films that people just thought, oh, everyone else thinks this is a good film, so I'm going to say it's a good film. I'm not smart enough, and I'll, I'll admit this, I don't fucking care. I am nowhere near smart enough to completely understand any of the themes or ideas or meanings behind this film. But I was so impressed with how I could enjoy the film and get a specific, um, I could understand the film while watching it, while also realizing there's things in there that I'm never going to be able to comprehend unless I read someone's dissertation on it. And that's fine. So it's one of those films that you can watch it on just an enjoyment level, or you can watch it on a level to analyze it um, ac academically. I love whatever. those type of movies. Yeah. Yeah, those type of movies are sometimes my favorite type of movies. Mm -hmm. um, Holland Drive's a lot like that, too. Yes. Where, yeah. like, on surface level, you could really just watch it for entertainment value mm -hmm. and understand, like, what's happening, but at the same time, go way deeper. Yeah. There's so... Like, there's probably four to 10 different theories I've heard that all make sense. So it's like, I don't know. I like stuff like that, but that sounds interesting. That now. Shit. Yeah, dude. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that out for sure. It's on uh, Max, so. And I'll I think it's it on, on the Criterion channel. Yeah, so. I was going to say that too. Shit. With my pinky out. Hold on. <laughs> Kyle, what is your rec for this week? I have a little bit of a darling kind of movie called Rye Lane. And um, it's a British film. It's on Hulu only. It's a romantic comedy. And I haven't seen a good romantic comedy in a very long time. Um, it's, it's really, really well shot. Um, and they do a lot of like really cool stuff with the camera. It's funny. Ian, you wouldn't like it because you probably wouldn't understand what they're saying. But it has subtitles. <laughs> it has subtitles. So you could probably check it out that way. Oh, but um, okay, no, it's really, really good. Super heartwarming. Um, it's uh, by a female director. Uh, I don't really know what else she's done, to be honest. I was going to pull up her letterbox right now. Um, it looks like this is like her first feature film, which for her first feature film, it's fucking awesome. And highly recommend it. It's got a short runtime, 82 minutes. Um, it doesn't overstay its welcome. The chemistry between the two main cast members is just. It's so good, and it's it's. They sell it. They sell the early twenties to mid twenties kind of stumbling through life, making mistakes, um, reanalyzing what's important to you, and just the whole concept of like thinking you're in love and finding out that you're not. Like, just like an exploration of your twenties. It's like a really good film for that and uh yeah man i can't i can't recommend it enough it it actually surprised the shit out of me i was just kind of looking for new films to watch and uh this one was rated pretty high i think it's like at like a four on better bucks but i was looking for something a little bit more uh heartwarming heart, no not elevated <laughs> heartwarming and just uh something to put me in a good mood and uh this did that in spades and i just i can't recommend it enough so if you have hulu check it out if you're into like romantic comedies which i am well well my recs are gonna sound like fucking garbage uh because i was on vacation and i went to my mom's house and at my mom's house she watches the most shovelware movies i could ever think of those are fun sometimes though you know oh yeah no it, they it, you know what Movies that I would never watch on my own, I watch at my mom's house. And Same. What what is Same. the what is yeah. the the word shovelware mean? It's kind of like a, a generic. Oh, like they oh, make okay. copy paste yeah. shit and throw gotcha. it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like movies that just go under the radar. You hear about them the day they come out, and then you never hear from them ever again, and they just get lost. It's like those original movies that you see come to like 
Yes. Netflix so called like Extraction and Extraction 2. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're just like, okay. That was a more budget movie. Like that. Yeah, I actually think that was supposed to be pretty decent. but It's not. It's, it's garbage. <laughs> I, we started it and I, I passed oh, out started about it. halfway. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but that was one of them. Uh, I watched the new Spider-Man. It was great. Whatever. Blah, blah. Um, I watched the Bumblebee movie. That was great. And then I watched the newest Transformers film, Rise of the Beast, which is so messy and kind of bad but it's just so fun and i love transformers and it kind of made me feel a little tingly inside made me feel youthful again coming out of that theater i was uh all yippity and uh i don't know i just had a really fun time and i was like uh in a good crowd and people were like yelling at the theater and or yelling at the movie and like uh, we were hearing ahs and oohs and it was a good time i had fun watching the new transformers movie and it was awesome that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Oh, and the, I heard, uh, Amanda, what's up with these Transformers, bro? I heard that there was a, uh, without spoiling it, I heard there's like a cool little cross something at the end. That I heard what it is. That's that's cool. I was hoping, I was, well, I can't say it without spoiling it. I was hoping it would be like from the previous movies. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like those cast members. Yeah. That would have been kind of interesting. But, uh, so, so Bumblebee is kind of the um, reboot of the Transformers reboot. series, yeah. and there's a character in Bumblebee that John Cena plays that is rumored to be in the crossover. Oh, so I think, think I, okay, I think I know who. Okay, so I think he's gonna come back, and they're gonna do that crossover thing. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the other franchise, but I do. I did enjoy those two movies. Uh, I didn't really have the product going oh here. dude i had all the toys of the other franchise as a kid i had the fortress i'm not gonna spoil it but i had the the bird of fortress i can't see the name of the guy but uh dude i had it all man i had it all so uh that's interesting yeah the, fr- the franchise has done good if if you don't if you don't know what it is if you didn't grow up with it i think it's done a good job at like creating other units to, to or other media to, you know, I'll say this right now because none of the people, none of the younger generation will even know what I'm talking about, but the toys had rubber bands in them. That's all I'm going to say. It connected the bottom half from the top half and you could stretch them. I'm okay. I'm done, but I'm sorry for all you 25 to 30 year olds and up that know what I'm talking about. I just spoiled it for you. But. Plus it's Hasbro dude. Think of a Hasbro property. Like, okay, I'm done. Sorry. Good. But we're not talking. I don't want to talk about the- that now. <laughs> Let's just watch the film and talk about that. All right. Yeah, you should watch the movie. It's 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 fun. It's bad, but it's fun. Um, but we're not here to talk about bad but fun movies. We're not here to spoil the new fucking G.I. Joe Transformers crossover. We're Jesus not here. <laughs> we're not here to talk about no elevated films, no British fucking cocksucking films. We are here to talk about the 1988 film primal rage good year good year great year some might say the best year because it's the year that your baby boy cow came to existence you know what i'm saying it was born today and uh do we have the fear facts on this episode we do (laughs) primal rage is an italian-american sci-fi horror film from 1988 written by Umberto Lenzi and James Justice and directed by Vittorio Rambaldi. I love when when we do Italian movies and we can say these names. Um, While James Justice, who wrote it under the moniker Harry Kirkpatrick and Rambaldi, would have their respective careers fizzled out, Umberto Lenzi would thrive. With films like Knife of Ice, Spasmo, and Eyeball, Lenzi would make his mark in the giallo subgenre. But he didn't exclusively stick to Jallo. In the 70s, he would branch back out into one of the most intriguing subgenres of horror history with the Italian cannibal films like Eaten Alive and Cannibal Ferro. Vittorio Rambaldi may have been out of the film industry shortly after Primal Rage, but, uh, but the legacy he came from was a noble one, as his father was Carlo Rambaldi, three-time Oscar winner for visual effects on his work in 1976's King Kong, Alien and ET, the extraterrestrial. <clears throat> oh, dude, that's why extra testicle. That's why Primal Rage was 
Primal Rage was originally a film about a female scientist who after an accident in her lab would mutate into a tiger. When Lindsay got to the United States, he found out that his American backers wanted something different, so the tiger script would be rewritten into a film called Nightmare Beach, which he would write again with James Justice and Vittorio Rambaldi. Nightmare Beach is such a dope name for a movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Lindsay and just and uh, Kirkpatrick, I should say, um, would go on to rewrite an older script that they wrote together they had, which was an homage to the film Cat People, and that script would become Primal Rage. Wow. Not Primal Fear. And that is in your <laughs> Fear Facts. This is the part of the episode where we are going to go into our first thoughts. I thought you were going to say our final, our final ratings, final ratings <laughs> of the film. We've talked enough about it. Um, first thoughts. You know what? Full thoughts. Um, where'd you watch it? Would you add it to your collection? Kyle, going to go with you first. This is the prequel to the Dustin Hoffman film Outbreak. Also... A twenty? No, it's not. It's really not. But uh, this twenty-eight days later prequel is very interesting. I will give it that. Damn it! I would add this to my collection. Absolutely, I would. It's fun, and uh, it's a different kind of eighties cheese. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched it on Shutter, and I really uh, okay. I'm just going to say right off the bat, I got to get this off my head because it's it's been in my head for a long time since uh, I've watched this fucking movie. Say the word. That song that uh, plays during the intro montage. Banger, banger right? Banger. Uh, the 80s montage never gets old. Doesn't matter what kind of movie it's in. And this still, it holds it down. Then they bring out the band at the end and they sing Say the Word again, you know? And I'm like, okay, they obviously had something going on with this. They needed the band to play this original hit and they wanted to just nail it, right? Then, about 10 minutes later, they play it during the credit sequence. And at this point, I was about to hang myself from uh, the non-existent chandelier I have in my house. But what a good song, you know? What a good song. I was singing it the rest of the day and driving my significant other crazy. Um, <laughs> this film is... It's really cool because it doesn't go for like the cliche, like over-the-top nudity of 80s kind of cheese, but it, it hits on a lot of the uh, special effects and uh, or the practical effects, rather, and the gore. And now that you mentioned it, that person was involved in a lot of those other films... It kind of makes sense. Um, I do think in my in my perfect world for this film, I think they could have trimmed a lot of the fat down. And I kind of wish it was just over one night, Halloween night, and the Halloween party was the main center stage of the <coughs> entire structure of the film with just the main douchebag gang being the real villains because the costume design... It was kind of a play on the Karate Kid in a way with the skeleton bone suit, but like the masks look so cool. And the fact that there are three of them and you don't really know who it is at any given time, I really liked the uh, like the last third of the film a lot more than the rest of it. I thought the whole uh, kind of buildup of the friend getting sick and then the girl getting sick, I think they could have kind of just thrown that out and made that a lot quicker. Um, and maybe been like more involved with the three people that would have infected them instead. I wanted the film to be a fight against those guys, I guess. And um, but no, no, I enjoyed the film. I'm gonna add it to my collection. They have a really cool vinegar syndrome copy of this film. Mm -hmm. Vinegar syndrome is becoming slowly my favorite uh distributor in my just personally. I just love the shit that they put out and I love their their artwork in their cases but uh yeah dude i would add it i enjoyed it it was fun it was 80s cheese and uh that's it and mr fantastic where'd you watch it would you buy it what do you think about it only in the 80s would girls swoon over a man on a moped god dude. Um, you know what's oh, sorry don't go ahead. no no go ahead I pictured eight. I pictured Ian riding that moped the whole time. I want Ian to get one of these mopeds. 
because he's so little already that I like when he's like crouched over and I could just see him driving around. Ian, you can get so much with that moped. I'm just oh, get so much. go ahead. I was gonna say something else, but I didn't want to go ahead, Brun. Um, I with the exception to the the near rape scene um i was grinning ear to ear throughout this entire film i had so much fun watching it i told you guys i took more notes for this film than i have for any other thing we have ever once covered um i watched it on shutter uh shout out to shutter this movie was just so fun uh, there's so many great lines in it. Like when Duffy says, those guys are scrotes. Um, Duffy was my favorite character, hands down. Uh, I don't know about, about uh, when I was in college, we didn't really have those uh, high school senior jock acting people. Uh, like the frat kids were douchebags but like they didn't stand out front of the university and like uh walk up to random women and harass them like that that felt a little bit high school to me yeah i mean this is like super 80s trope but i feel like there's you know fuck boys today right there, there are kinda... there are but the i think the 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 kidnapping and rape while mm. Obviously, that does happen, and it's unfortunate. I feel like they're tr they were trying to paint that as like this happens on every American campus. Yeah, these guys were extreme, um, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But the uh, the one uh, real criticism I have of this film is it really feels like it lacks a climax because everything's kind of leading up. You get a lackluster chase scene between. Uh, uh, the main frat boy and uh, Lauren. And then it just kind of ends. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. And the, the, the costume party at the end, fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Those costumes were the coolest things I have ever seen. I loved it so much. I fully agree. Um, I watched this, I think, legally on Shudder, because I'm a true horror fan. Uh, and I have a Shutter, Shutter subscription, and that is my certificate of a true horror fan. Uh, shout out to Shutter. <laughs> but uh, I would add this to my collection for sure. It had the 80s cheese. It had um, a lot of things going for it. I think the uh, acting was super awkward, and there were moments where... Um, the writing, I guess, I, I don't know if the writer just didn't know how to, like, say goodbye to two characters because it would just be, like, a normal conversation and then it just stop dead silence for, like, three seconds and then they'd be like, well, see you later. Or, hey, you should probably walk into class right now. And then it'd be, like, a weird kind of scene going that way. It was uh, very awkward, but I loved it. I loved all of it. Um the ending for me the last like third of the film is probably the best um i don't know if they reference that it was halloween can i get a second opinion on that was it just like they were just like oh halloween party halloween party time i think it was a halloween. earlier after after duffy has his freak out at the hospital sam goes to the hospital and then he goes to uh, the like the auditorium where the dean is speaking to the press about oh, how yeah, they're yeah. they're no gonna have yeah he was like we're not gonna have an incident like last year and technically he said if there was an incident like last year they wouldn't do it again but this didn't happen last year so I hope that he didn't cancel it just because of this. So there is wiggle room for a Primal Rage Part 2. Primal Rager. Par primal Roid Rager. Um, the costumes in the last act were freaking fantastic. It was, it was very, it, it was kind of odd. I just wasn't expecting that kind of quality 
to just be placed in this film at this like moment from all this cheese. It was very weird and very odd, but I love the costumes. I love the heads. I love the, um, the killings at the end. Um, and yeah, the last act is, is very good. I do agree with Brendan. I do think that, um, it just kind of ends and there's no climax. He just goes to a chase scene, chops his head off and then that's it. There's no fight. Brennan. Uh, uh, so thinking about it now and after learning who uh, the director's father was, um, that costume party kind of almost feels like, I don't want to say an homage to his father, Happy Father's Day, um, but it kind of feels like, it kind of feels like he's paying tribute to him a little bit. Maybe not. Maybe I'm reading into that too much. Uh I mean, it's just, it's just so random to have in this movie to have like such good quality. Yeah. In, like like the, from the rest of the film. I, I'm curious as to what point you guys noticed the like extremely amazing costume design, because like the first time when we get into the theater, there's um, we just see some normal shit. And then there's that one dude uh, that has the saw thing on his head oh, in the yeah, saw dude. in the saws was- moving back and forth. And I was like, oh, Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. And then, like a few shots later, we see like the three faced baby with the nozzle nose. And I was like, wait. And then the guy whose face opens up and closes. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, my first note when they got to the costume party was, um, where are all the sexy college students? Because I would, th- like, what kind of college party is this where they just have like gruesome, haunting masks like that? Unless it was I like gen- a thespian. Dude, that's like a, that's like a turn of the century thing, dude. Oh. With like the slutty costumes, man. I Granted, I wasn't at parties in the 80s <laughs> and even the 90s. So I could be way off base on this. But I feel like... Because like every representation of parties back during this time mm-hmm. all was like dope. Like yeah. people mm-hmm. actually doubled down on the costumes more than wanting to get like... like you would get fucked no matter what back then. You could look like Frankenstein and they would fuck you. So it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But now I feel like the turn of the century, the 2000s, the Britney Spears and the Christina Aguilera's of the world, I think really brought the slut vibe, dude. And it was probably a lot cooler back then. It was more like a mystery box because with someone wearing all that uh, stuff, like you never knew what you were going <laughs> like to get. Like a at masquerade. The the and then they take the mask off. They're like, whoa, this chick is fucking hot. Or damn. Damn, well, I fucked up. Drunk, but we're here. <laughs> yeah, we're here. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. So that was probably cool. That was probably really cool. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and get into kills right now. If you're cool with that, because I we mentioned the 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 three headed mask with the nozzles, and I do want to talk about that because that is my that favorite kill. kill. Yeah, the, the kills before that, before like this third act, were kind of just mediocre and and whatever. But that kill when that happened. That was uh it it's probably one of one of the top kills in like a like a low budget B rated 80s film for me. Uh the visuals were amazing. I was not expecting the blood to be oozing out of all the uh the spouts. spouts yeah. That was super <coughs> cool. Yeah, that was and, really, um, really cool. Yeah, just a really great kill overall. Kyle, what was your favorite kill? That that one for sure, but um, I think that just overall the gore and stuff surprised. I, I know we're talking about kills specifically, but just the gore kind of surprised me in this. Like that's why I said it wasn't like typical eighties cheese because there was a lot of like high production value in the low production like film. Like if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, I thought that just anything with the infected attacking the other people was satisfying enough and like grotesque enough like the bites and stuff was all like nasty there wasn't a lot of kills per se but like all of the attacks was was really cool and well and really well done i agree but i don't really have much else to say other than what you already said about the spout kill because that was my favorite one. brennan do you have a favorite kill other than that one uh my favorite kill uh so obviously it's an 80s film there's gonna be a stinger to it so after the chase scene or after after the 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 party scene uh we get back to Lauren's apartment because her and Sam are packing up and moving out 
And the first shot we see after the party is just this wide establishing shot of a sprinkler. And it spends like a weird amount of time on just a sprinkler. And I was like, why the fuck would it? I laughed. I was like, what's the point of showing us this sprinkler for this mm-hmm. long? Um, and I just, I let it out of my mind. And uh, you have, you have Lauren packing up her shit and then someone attacks her and it, it made me jump. Scare. It made One me, it, it, it got me. Scare. And I was like, oh my God, the fucking doctor, what happened to him? And so then there's the fight scene and then Sam throws the doctor over the balcony awesome and he lands on the way. sprinkler. That was an amazing ragdoll. <laughs> um, so good. He lands face first on the sprinkler and I was like, okay, that makes sense. And so the sprinkler kill was my favorite because uh, I like the little setup and then we get a little bit of a payoff for it. But my issue with it was the water coming out of the sprinkler should have been red. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I did like the different, the two different POVs mm-hmm. of the sprinkler. One was like of the ragdoll, and it was just spewing out of his mouth. <laughs> his mouth was open, and then the, oh, like, and then the real life him. Yeah, head up, like, <laughs> that that I I want to know how they did that. That was kind of fucked up. I mean, sprinklers back then popped up like that. Like yeah. they kind of like pushed up. They like flung up. So like it was. I don't know if it would have been powerful enough to like raise his head like that, but uh, I mean, it checks out. It was it was creative. It was Check. very creative. I also want to mention two more kills that were really great. Um, the bleacher kill. Uh, we don't oh, see yes. that enough in films, and was, I didn't have that growing one, up. Was this I didn't one have of the one first of films my, to do that. I don't know. I I can only think of uh, faculty. Yeah, they did the the monster thing. Wait, the bleacher kill, can you remind me? So, in those high schools, you can, like, turn a key or press a button, and oh, the, bleachers the bleachers will retract. Bleachers, bleachers, bleachers. Yeah, 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 got you, got you, got you. And it shut in on that dude's face. In that yeah, game. I so went to was... a high school that had that. So, but I don't think... indoor high school? No, I was not. Yeah. But I don't think that they close like... Like, no, I don't think it would have, like, had the force to crush his head, but it is interesting. It is a cool kill. It is an interesting kill. Yeah. And I knew I I saw it coming. Like I knew mm-hmm. it was going to happen. Like I think we all probably did. But yeah, it was it was cool. The chasing. The whole chasing leading up to that too was really yeah. cool. I agree. Yeah. Um and then we can go into the special effects and makeup. Wait, didn't didn't you have a second uh, favorite? I which leads me into my oh, second okay. kill. Okay. I don't know if it was a kill or not, but um it was the overweight baby guy the baby man oh the and he gets scalp. his scalped ripped uh, off mm-hmm. totally unexpected mm. uh that is my favorite special effects of this film for sure it it does look really good yeah who's the um smoker the reporter i'm journalist i mean uh duffy. Friend. duffy uh my favorite like effects makeup is just him in general. Just mm, yeah. he looked great. He looked like twenty eight days later, like fucking twenty years early. Like he looked really, really good. Um, and, I liked every scene with him in, like, like with him in it. Honestly, I thought he was my favorite character of the film. The the progression of his makeup throughout his infection, like they don't really give any of the other infected people like that they show us his progression and say, okay, you've seen it once. Now you know what's happening to these people. But like the progression of his makeup throughout the scenes was, was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And the progression of the bite mark as well. Like they yeah. had one scene where it like went a close up on it and they did this thing where you could see like pulsing yeah. and like pushing up on his arm. Like it, like it looked like you could see it like almost coming out and protruding. It was really cool looking. I liked the decision. I don't know if it was an actor decision or a director or writer decision, but to do an actual like baboon noise while he was raging through the streets. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Dude, I totally was, forgot about that. The yeah. fucking baboon scene where he jumps at the car and yeah. he face plants the windshield. That shit was <laughs> awesome, dude. That shit was so good. And it looked not great, but it looked, <laughs> but it was fun. But it was fun. It was really fun. I like how the cops said that the monkey jumped at the the car. 
Yeah, dude, the monkey was about to go on a killing spree. This was about police brutality. This goes police back to Brendan's point. brutality. And, uh, Eyes of my mother. Eyes of my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, do you have any comments on the monkey? Uh, the yeah, uh, one of my notes just says, uh, that baboon got a red-ass ass. Mm. Yeah, I've never seen the actual behind of a real-life baboon. I've only seen the monkey from uh, The Lion King. The, so. uh... I, I would say the most distressing part of this film was definitely the the animal torture, but the puppet that they used for it just looked so bad. Um, I, I think that because I can't remember if they were inserts of a real because obviously there there was the real monkey in the cage, yeah. but like when the puppet is in the torture chair, the testing chair, um, I can't remember if there were any inserts. Of an actual monkey in the chair? No, no, no okay. I don't think there were. Yeah, I think they just used it for the like the shot in the uh, like when he escapes and he's like starting to run into the street and then in the cage. Okay, yeah. You guys didn't like the monkey doll. I loved the monkey. That doll. was Brendan who I, said he didn't like it. I <laughs> I didn't mind the monkey doll. In fact, my follow up question to Brendan was going to be: Do you think that detracted from the movie? Because I actually think it was pretty funny. Like I actually think it looked cool. I think I was taking this movie a little more seriously um, than I should. Like, I was having a really good time, but then I started expecting a lot out of it. Uh, and the, the monkey didn't take away from it. I just wished it would have looked a little better. See, I went in opposite. Once, I, once it opened with that 80s montage, I was like, oh, this is completely different than I thought it was going to be. And I went into it way more lighthearted. And then when it started to do the like the flip around and like you know start to slowly introduce the violence and the gore and like things like that and the rape and shit i was like mm -hmm. okay like i went in lighthearted and then it got like crazier and deeper and i was expecting it to be the other way around can we just real quick talk about how fucking tragic of a character debbie is i felt so yeah. bad her first line is i had yeah. an abortion and then we find out that her dad is dead uh, mom's because, a drug addict. Yeah, mom's and in jail. And in jail. And like this poor woman, like she's just she wants to be a, a what a, a nuclear chemist is. That's what she said, right? Her degrees yeah. nuclear chem. Okay, on that scene, real quick, she yeah. said. I just want to mention this real quick. Um, she says guys don't make passes at girls with glasses. And then the following scene is one of the jocks with a girl with glasses on. Carry on, Brendan. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, the continuity in writing is just not great in this film. Let me tell you, if we're going to break this down scene by scene, I want to make sure that people know. No, okay, go ahead. Bert. I just thought that scene was so funny because it was like a media con they're fucking contradicting themselves. Go ahead, Brent. No, I just, I just felt so bad for her. And I want to, I want to know why they did her so hard. Just like. <laughs> just every chance they got they just made her a more tragic and tragic character and i was kind of hoping that she would be the one to survive mm. i wanted and her then, to have a redemption like yeah, her and then and then she becomes obsessed with this thing that happened to her her almost boyfriend and her the only two friends she had and she goes on she becomes the main protagonist in the sequel primary exactly. to ultimate Raider. exactly yeah like she wants yeah, yeah, you you guys get what I'm saying. I get you, hundred yeah, percent, and so. and agree with you at the same time. I get yes. you, and I agree with you. Let's yeah. write it. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, she she got it. She got the worst stick. She got it raw. Sure. And she was low key the most attractive. She she was, she was the smokehouse oh, yeah. in the movie. She yeah, she sure. she yeah. gets the, the the ROR smokehouse award. Yeah, no offense to redheads, but she that girl was not a a main girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or no offense to her looks or anything like that. Also, Duffy, he, he was kind of a, a fucking... Duffy was... Duffy was, Duffy yeah, was so was, much hotter than hot. Sam. I want to... He gets runner-up smokehouse, for sure. But she gets, yeah. she gets it, but he gets it, almost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like if, if his hair was just a little nicer, he has that, like, the, the scruffy writer's look. He's always got the cigarette in his mouth. The, 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 the George Michael earring hanging off, like... He has, a, he has a cigarette in every scene he's in, and I gotta tell you, <laughs> the first thing I thought of when she 
And Debbie kissed him at the pool. Was like, dude, he's got to taste so bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> he's got to taste so fucking bad. Because it's like chain smoke in the whole movie. And that is the first thing I thought of. Yeah. He like immediately just got done taking a like, fat That is rip. kissing an ashtray. Right. That is kissing an ashtray. Yeah. And she's like, mm, well, I just had a And then af- after, after they kiss, he pulls another cigarette mm-hmm. out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get enough. Uh, um, that's about it for me. Unless someone else decides to mention the montage. I have a little some extra on that. But uh, that's going to be it for me. Uh, Brendan, you said you had like a full note of pages. Yeah, a lot of a lot of these are just quotes, honestly. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, the my my big note that I put like the most stars around. And I, I think this is more of obviously they did not intend this, but now it kind of feels like this but uh when the frat boys enter or when they're approaching the auditorium in their skeleton costumes and like they walk in and they do like the two fingers pointing that way you go that way it almost kind of felt like a school shooter situation they were staying and, frosty let's yeah, be honest and, and <laughs> like, it gave me it it chilled me it gave me some like really fucked up vibes and obviously that's not what they were going for they were there for one specific person um but yeah that that kind of really bothered me the whole costume design when they switched to be the main villains that mm-hmm. was amazing amazing that's why i wanted design. that to be the yeah. center focus of the film yeah when that switch happened it turned into a very well-made film and i liked it quite a bit after that moment it it was yeah it was it it was scarier it was more involved you could really just root against these guys now. but um, It became super focused. Yeah. The film became super focused at that point. The, the one last thing I wanted to ask for Kyle is, uh, did you notice the Avoid the Noid poster? I did, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I did. Also, the, uh, the Spuds McKenzie poster that was inside of her bathroom. Yep. Like the the po- there's a fucking Ronald Reagan poster in in oh, there was one Sam's room up too, and I forgot. Fuck. But the crazy one is inside Lauren's apartment. She has a cutout of the Bartles and James guys. I didn't know who that was. Yeah, you know, you know, like the wine cooler Bartles and James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back in the eighties, they had commercials, and it was those two men, and she just had a fucking cutout of them. It's so stupid, and I loved it. That's all I got. Um, shout out to the sleazy uh, professor who was sleeping oh, yeah. with the student to get the grade. Um, the sleazy professor, when he gets out of the car and he says, I'm warning you, I know Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Shout out to that, that line. Awesome. <laughs> really, really great line. It reminded me of the movie Pieces when the guy jumps out of the bushes with kung fu and he he goes oh bad chop suey um very big fan of that also what probably had me laughing the hardest um throughout the film which is it's very dumb i understand but shout out to the cop um when he brings out his intent his walkie his walkie and his antenna is literally like seven feet long uh it really had me laughing it reminded me of scary movie three when the cop Mm -hmm. kept getting out and the hat kept getting like larger and larger shout out to that and then finally um the line that the cheesy uh three you know main antagonists say which is um what do you say i lose my face in your tits great effective line really shows how um piece of shit these people are but that's all i got for you guys and with that being said we are going to take our ruminations of red rum official thick piss break before we get into america and the world's favorite game and our final thoughts enjoy a message from the rest of the network You've seen Twin Peaks all the way through, but all you have are spoiler-free discussions? At Blue Rose Task Force Podcast, no information is classified and nothing beats the listening sensation when production history collides with deep theory. Put the coffee on. Welcome back. Uh, We took the thickest of piss. There were chunks. Um, We are going to get into final thoughts and rating. (laughs) Let's start with... uh, Mr. Fantastic himself. 
Brandon. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think I said earlier I would definitely purchase this. I'll get that Vinegar Syndrome collection. Uh, really, really, I wish I wasn't going first. Uh, really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, because the rating that I have. No, go ahead. No, I can't. Just no, go ahead. The heart, Brennan. I'm going with my heart. Um, let us influence you. If I get, um, obviously giving this movie a heart, and I've been fluctuating. Um, uh, shit. I'm gonna give it a 3.5. I'm, I'm gonna stop talking. 3.5 and a heart, yeah, from Mr. Fantastic with no influence. Kyle, <laughs> number two pencil, number one in our hearts. Final thoughts and rating currently. Seabring, what can I say about this film that I can't say about any other five star criterion film? You know, <laughs> um, no, this, this film is a lot of fun. It was a surprise. I'm buying the vinegar syndrome for sure. I'm feeling generous today. I'm going to give it a four stars and a heart. I was going to do that. I was going to do that. But I didn't know if that was too much. I'm feeling generous. I'm feeling generous today. Um, oh, wow. That was very surprising. Um, with a heart, you said? With a heart. Okay, so this film is going to get a heart. Guaranteed. Were you not going to give it one? Um, I'm going to give that... Right now, Brendan, with my final thoughts and rating. Um, my only problem, my biggest problem with this movie is it's just not bad enough. Mm. And if you know 80s cheese, you know. Things like Sleepaway Camp, it's so bad. Like, it's ridiculously bad that it's, it's wildly, it's too, too wildly enjoyable to even comprehend why. Shout out it. to Sleepaway Camp 3, which is the best in the trilogy. Um, it does this kind of quality shift at the last third of the movie that kind of just puts a weird thing with me. It just sets a, that's weird, you know, taste on my mouth, but, um, it's not bad. It's not very good, but I'm going to give it no heart, unfortunately, but I will give it a three out of five. So this film has an official red rum rating of a 3.5 with a heart. You know, I I feel bad not giving it a four because that's what I wanted to give it. But even if I gave it a four, that would have brought it at a 3.6, which would have kept it at a 3.5. So it is what it is. I think it deserves the 3.5. Yeah. It is what it is. Just like Brandon said. Now, we are going to get into the world's favorite game of all time. What's in the box? Box, box, box. Um, a game show where I'm going to list a bunch of summaries from the website Letterbox, which is where you can rate a bunch of movies and give reviews as a movie fan and a movie lover. Um, there is a, an average score for all these films. And for this episode, I was expecting this movie to be uh, more monkey-based, so we are getting all monkey horror films. Hell yeah. Also, Ian hasn't been here in like two episodes, I think? Yes. So I just want to set the record here that oh, yeah. it, it is currently Ian 5, Kyle 5, Brendan 5. So we are all tied up now at this point. Well, you go on one vacation and you're booked. Uh, Colleen's late. Um, and I'm not gonna gain points here, so I'm gonna be nope. I'm gonna be passed up. You know what? Let's just shift gears. Um, Kyle, you can do the you do us. <laughs> <laughs> Are you contestants ready? See whatever. whatever. Number one. I almost immediately just said the title <laughs> of the film. Uh, experience the dark side of nature. Six American grad students have arrived in Africa to study apes with a renowned professor, but after setting up camp in a jungle clearing, they soon become witness to a carnage infected by the strange and remote species. It's a great movie. Three point Big fan of this movie. Let's see. What would Congo be rated today? I'm going to go 2.6. 2.5. So we have a 2.5 from Kyle, and we have a 3.1. 3.1. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 
2.6 from Kyle, 3.1 from Brennan? Yes. One of you is incorrect, and the other is also incorrect. This is sitting at a 1.6 on Letterbox. Guess the decade. People hate that movie, dude. <laughs> if it's the one I'm thinking of. Um, guess the, the decade you said? Guess the decade. 90s? I'll go 80s. 90s and 80s. Couple of donuts here. This is the 2007 film Blood Monkey. Directed by Robert Young. Hmm. I, I just took a, the, I just I, took I a wicked one, blood monkey. I know one of these is going to be Congo, so let's just keep rolling. <laughs> Number two. One wish, a thousand regrets. After Jake Tilton is given a uh, mystical blank blank talisman that grants its profess... Wait. That's called professor? Pos- pos- possessor three oh, wishes. He finds his world turn upside down after his two wishes result in the yeah. malevolent co-worker Tony Cobb being resurrected from the dead. When, to- when Cobb pressures Jake into using the final wish to reunite Cobb with his son, his intimidation quickly escalates into relentless murder, forcing Jake to outwit his psychotic friend and save his remaining loved ones holy fuck that was <laughs> so i kind of blocked out during that yeah. uh, yeah. but <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'll go first um i'm gonna take a 2.2 a 2.2 from brendan I'm, I'm feeling a That's theme a with these Monsieur i'm feeling a rating guess, theme with these actually. monkey movies Fantotic. i'm gonna go 2.7. No, it's way too high. 2. Point, <laughs> 2. 7, fuck it. I'll do it. And we're doing by three? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we've done it for two years, dude. Yes, by three. Kyle catching this zero. Damn. Brendan getting the point. This is sitting at a 2.0. Guess the decade. I think I know what this is. 2000. 90s. <laughs> oh, I feel like this is a newer movie. You're going 90s? Kind I'm of going 90s. Got me. The last one was... I'm going to say the 2010s. Brendan's going to say 2010s. And Brendan is getting the extra point. This is the 2013 The Monkey's Paw. Directed oh, by I didn't get. Brent, I didn't get the guess of the year. <sighs> directed by Brett... Simmons. Are we doing the extra point for the year? Only if you guess the decade, right? Oh, my bad. Uh, he also directed uh, You Might Be the Killer 2018, Animal 2014, and Husk 2011. That's only significant because I've seen those movies. Uh, on to the next round. Once I can, so I can do either the little description up top or the description at the bottom or both. Which one do you want? What do you mean? Usually we say tagline is. So the tagline is pretty long. Tagline is a nice little riddle. Let's hear it. Okay. Once there was a man whose prison was a chair. The man had a monkey. They made the strangest pair. The monkey ruled the man. It climbed inside his head. And now, as fate would have it, one of them is dead. So the tagline for my monkey movie is going to be monkey see, monkey do, monkey eats your human poo. Mm. Um, monkey throws your human poo. Um, I would be a fake fan if I didn't know who, what movie this was, so I clearly know what this movie is. But Then do you, want, do you want me to go first, since you know what it is? Well, I don't really know the rating. I don't know if people uh, oh, like okay. this movie. but uh, You said 2.7 last time, right? It was yeah. like 2.0. No, Kyle. Oh, I your last, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the 2.7 on this one. Then I'm gonna go 3.0. And Kyle gets that point. This is at 3.1. You almost had it by one point. God damn it! Guess the decade. 80s. Well, I too will say 80s because I think 70s? Kyle knows it. Ooh, it. I it might be on the cusp kind of thing, but 
eighties. Well, it might be like a seventy nine kind of. No, no, it's got to be eighties. It's got to be eighties. I'll make it interesting and I'll say seventies. Perfect. Kyle gets the point. <laughs> this is eighties. Guess the extra point. The first thing that came to mind was eighty four, and I only did this because you mentioned on the last one, Brendan. I'm sorry. Right. Um, I want to say eighty four, but something. I'm thinking an even number, so it's like eighty two, four, six. I'm gonna go eighty six. That is incorrect. This is the nineteen eighty eight film Monkey Shines, directed by George Romero. Don't know what he's done, but uh, uh, moving on to the final round. Are you contestants ready? We are sitting at Kyle two, Brendan two. Is anyone in the game? anyone's game holy shit it's anyone's game a monster of creation's dawn breaks loose in our world today a film crew discovers the eighth wonder of the world a giant prehistoric ape and brings him back to new york where he wreaks havoc try to guess that movie i feel like is this if a horror movie the, you really uh, don't in know genres <laughs> in genres it is horror Oh, okay. Genre, one of the most important movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, I know what the fucking movie is. I just didn't know if it was considered it's a horror the remake or, or the original, though. That's the question. I feel like both are rated pretty high. So there's right? like 20 yeah. King yeah, Kong movies. They're both rated high. Or uh, movies <laughs> like this. Yeah, we know what we, <laughs> we fucking know, know what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, 3.4. Good guess. If it's the. I want to say the originals ranked lower than the remake. I don't even know, honestly. Uh, Excuse me. 3.7. 3. 3.4, 3. 3.7. Kyle gets the point. Gets, gets a double the point. point. This is at a 3.8. Guess the decade. I don't know when the original one was made. I like, I, like, I don't know if it's so old that it's like a twenties, thirties. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. Or, or is it like a fifties? I don't remember the decade. I don't think it's the remake, though. I don't, because I think the description would say something like that. And it probably wouldn't have come out in the forties because we were I think it's before in a the forties. I think it's like post, like. Depression era, dude. I think it's like that early. I think it's like thirties. I think I that's think a safe. Thirties is a safe I think, guess. I think I'm, it's thirties. It's either ah, goddamn it. It's it's before forties. I think. I don't even know anymore. Thirties is my guess. You're going thirties, and Brennan is going thirties. I'll keep things interesting and say twenties. Twenties might be right, dude. Twenties might be right. Brendan taking yeah. the wrist, risk. Gets it incorrect. This is the oh! 1933. Oh, it is 30s. You said uh, 33. King I could have Kong. Gotcha. Movie. Gotcha. It doesn't matter. You already won. Cool. So Kyle takes this game. I know my You're sitting at there. Kyle six and five, Brendan five, for the year to date. And that concludes this episode of. Primal Rage, 1988, the Room Nations of Red Room Review. If you like what we're doing here, follow us on literally anything you can get your hands on social media-wise. We're on YouTube. We're on, we're on Facebook. Twitter. Brendan's on Facebook. We're on I'm Twitter. On <laughs> we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you like, if you like us that much, you know, to go ahead and just subscribe to us. Create fake accounts and subscribe that way um turning <laughs> on my apple tv 4k and going to the apple podcast app on my uh, apple tv 4k and seeing our beautiful thumbnail designed by mitch is it's pretty awesome not gonna lie pretty awesome and joining us brendan wait kyle with a k um Stay spooky, folks, but also I have a question, which is, 
What do you say I lose my face in your cock? Brendan. Um, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't know how to come back from that. Uh, since, uh, Ian, since you didn't say it, I will, um, uh, ruminations of red rum is the most significant breakthrough in modern medical history of the ruminations <laughs> radio network. Uh, hell Ratma and fuck space. Why would I say that? Well, cause you when when you don't even explain it. Don't even explain it. Thank you, Brendan. Uh, have a good day. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think I had a lot of fun. I think we all had a lot of fun here. Um, we're gonna do more. We're gonna keep coming back. Uh, we're we're here every every week, every week. Just subscribe to us, listen to us, breathe us, take us in your ears, and uh, have a good day. Stay sweet. Okay.